Hey, it's Dominice. And Keely. And you are listening to Book Retrospective. And this week we are doing The Only One Left by Riley Sager. So we're circling back to Riley. <laughs> I'm excited. Keely, how was your week? My week was good. Um, busy yet excruciatingly slow at the same time. <laughs> um, but really good. Especially, you know, uh, because the release of Iron Flame, which we'll get to that at some point. Uh, some point soon, too. I, yeah. Um, and Keely's done with it, and I've only read, like, yeah. I'm eight chapters in. So. Yeah, I just finished today, and... She's in a book slump. I am. <laughs> <laughs> book hangover, I'm... Yeah. She's hurting. I am. I'm on my way there. <laughs> I said I was going to audiobook it and then i'm gonna i have physical copy as well so i'm gonna go back for our notes we are oh i guess i can tell you guys so we are doing iron flame in a couple weeks and we're gonna do a two-parter because fourth wing was already long and iron flames how many more pages oh i think you knew she knew at one point i did know it's longer yeah so i'm like no one wants to hear me talk for three (laughs) hours i'm sure so um we're gonna split it we're gonna do a two-parter um so yeah so that's coming very soon we're I'm excited, excited. i'm have... just excited or i'm excited but happy that we're not doing it you know oh no not, not today time. because i'm not mentally prepared she hasn't processed <laughs> yeah she's processing and it gives you time to read because i'm yeah. like behind i have to just i keep telling her i'm like i get on tiktok and i just scroll i already open a comment and someone's like oh wait till you get to this chapter no <laughs> so i'm like i just i gotta get through it my goal is Okay, the audiobook has 25 chapters left. I could realistically be done <laughs> by, like, Sunday morning. So, <laughs> I'm, I'm working on it. Um, but, yeah. So, what did I do this week? What did I do this week? I worked. Nothing, like, nothing special. I don't think. I don't know. Iron Flame, that was a big thing. I yeah. don't, that was a big part of the week. It was election week. Woohoo! Exercising your right to vote. Actually, I couldn't. I'm in the county, so mm. I couldn't vote, but... You know, politics. Other than that. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, what was I going to say? I had thoughts. I don't know. Okay. Well, we're doing the only one left. So, uh, Keely with the blurb. Yes. <laughs> Let's... <laughs> At 17, Lenora Hope hung her sister with a rope. Now reduced to a schoolyard chant, the Hope family murders shocked the main coast one bloody night in 1929. While most people assume 17-year-old Lenora was responsible, the police were never able able to prove it. Other than her denial after the killings, she has never spoken publicly about that night, nor has she set foot outside Hope's End, the cliffside mansion where the massacre occurred, stabbed her father with a knife, took her mother's happy life. It's now 1983, and home health aide Kit McDear arrives at a decaying Hope's End to care for Lenora after her previous nurse fled in the middle of the night. In her 70s and confined to a wheelchair, Lenora was rendered mute by a series of strokes and can only communicate with Kit by tapping, tapping out sentences on an old typewriter. One night, Lenora uses it to make a tantalizing offer. I want to tell you everything. It wasn't me, Lenora said, but she's the only one not dead. As Kit helps Lenora write out the events leading to the Hope family massacre, it becomes clear there's more to the tale than people know. But when new details about her predecessor's departure come to light, Kit starts to suspect Lenora may not be telling the complete truth. 
and that the seemingly harmless woman in her care could be far more dangerous than she first thought. Ooh. <laughs> and Keely's wearing her Hotties Read Horror ooh, shirt. Ooh. So even though we don't have retrospective merch, Keely has merch at IDA. So I feel like that's appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> we will eventually get to book retrospective merch. Ooh, we need like cool taglines. So give us some ideas. <laughs> eventually we'll say something cool. But. Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, so do you have a word? Twisty. Oh, it is. <laughs> it, it, I, like, thrillers mess me up because I'm trying to catch, like, all the mm-hmm. clues. And then I'm like, okay, no, like, am I overthinking it or am I underthinking it? I don't know. So, like, the whole time, my brain works way too much. Yeah, <laughs> and I think with Riley Sager, it's really hard to catch the clues. Yeah. If there's any, because it's... I don't know if there are. I don't know. It's kind of like off the wall kind of. Yeah. It's not. It's unsuspected. Yeah. Unsuspecting. That's a good word. That was that not is... my word actually though. But my word was hostage. <laughs> and we, okay. Yeah. We will see why. We will see why. So. <laughs> all right. So just a general summary. Uh, so obviously from the blurb, we have Lenora Hope, who is suspected of killing her mom, dad, and younger sister in 1929. And she's lived in this, they're in Maine. Yes. Yes, they're in Maine. So it's like this cliff, oceanside, mansion, estate. Um, and she lives there and she never goes outside. And she's actually like medically incapacitated. So she needs nurses or staff. And Kit is not a nurse. She's like a nurse's aide. And she gets forced into this position due to some dealings in her own past and her own professional history. And Kit also has lost her mother recently and her her and her dad are estranged. So she goes and she has to live there because she's a 24-7 live-in nurse's aide. And of course, like she grew up in this town, so she knows the rumors. She's nervous, but obviously Lenora is, again, she's had strokes, so she's supposedly like weak and frail and can't mm-hmm. do anything and she there's only a few staff members in this um estate there is a like i don't know what they call mrs baker again i don't know she runs the house I, whatever her job yeah, title the... is i might have it might be in my notes i don't know she runs the house there's a cook there's a like groundskeeper and then there's a maid and then there is kit and so they all kind of interact and there's some spooky lore, but Kit is really trying to like get to the bottom of this rumor, figure out like, is Lenore innocent? She's struggling with caring for her because of it. And also her predecessor, the nurse that was there just completely went, went vanished one night. Yeah. And so nobody knows why or where she went. And so she's trying to get to the bottom of that as well. And she does. <laughs> and it's a very twisty, unexpected uh, find and a pretty sad ending, I would say. Um, yeah. I don't know. I didn't. I don't know that I love the ending because I was like, oh, I feel like she deserved more. But it, it again, I when we read Final Girls, I was not suspecting who <laughs> the killer was in that one. I tried to pick the person out in this one and I really I really couldn't. So, yeah, no, I was like the the least expected least like not even on my radar it did not yeah it was not even close nowhere like i don't know so yeah but that's kind of a general summary Mm -hmm. so if you do not want to be spoiled you have not read um and you want to read first then this is your warning your notice because there are spoilers ahead if you do not care to listen and be spoiled or if you've read this already then let's get started 
Um, so, Lenora, Lenora Hope. There are lots of names, I feel like. And there is, a, like, not, there's not a dual POV. There is, um, like, flashbacks. Yeah. So, it's another one of those. <laughs> <laughs> so, I will try to be very clear. I don't know how I did my notes. I At some point, I started to really, like, point it out. So, hopefully, <laughs> I did. But um, we actually start um, with Lenora's perspective. And she's at her typewriter in a wheelchair. Um, and our main character, which we didn't have her name yet, which is Kit, uh, doesn't trust her, um, but she tells her that she does. And Laura, Lenora starts typing her memory. She's basically writing her story of what happened at the mansion or Hope's Inn, as it's also Which is to. very eerie. Yeah, it's creepy. It, they talk about it several times. So because it's on a cliff, like it's literally on the cliff and it like the first floor is fine. But after that, the higher up you go, like the house is slanted, like into the ocean. And very and, dilapidated, like yeah. looking and, and feeling. it's not well taken. Like, again, they don't have a big staff like they did in 1929 mm-hmm. when this kind of kicked off. So it's barely hanging on and I would not want to stay there. <laughs> and I mean, the, uh, the name is just in. very ominous. It's depressing. Yeah. And it's like frozen in time. Like it mm-hmm. hasn't changed since 1929. Everything is. Which makes same. it creepy. That more. Yeah. Um, and so Lenora starts typing her story and it's, we're, we're at the night uh, in 1929 of the murders. So this again is the murder of her dad, her mom and her younger sister. And she's out in the rain. She's holding a bloody knife. She's covered in blood. And she says her life changed in the last few hours, including her parents. And she said the mansion feels like a prison. She hears her sister screaming and she's contemplating killing herself, but she can't. So she throws the knife into the ocean. And then we switch right back over to Kit. So Kit is at her office. So again, she's like a nurse's aide and she tells us she's been suspended for the last six months. And she works at a home care agency and she makes it very clear she's not a nurse. She's just, she calls herself a caregiver. I'm assuming she's like a home health aide or CNA Mm -hmm. in that line. And she didn't become a nurse because she basically didn't want to go to school more. And her boss asked her, like, how did you feel about your time off? Like it was a choice. (laughs) (laughs) And she's like thinking like she had to move back in with her dad because she was suspended without pay. And she was being investigated by the police and by her health agency and she didn't want to go back to this job but she can't find herself a new job and i said can relate <laughs> <laughs> and her box her, her box her boss acts like he didn't suspend her like he's i don't know he's delusional so he tells her that the new patient has suffered from strokes and needs constant care so she'll she will be required to live with her and she's surprised that her first assignment is going to allow her this much freedom and she's like thought she would have to like check in and be closely watched and they tell her that the job starts immediately and it's just indefinite essentially until this patient dies the house is what is is where like they call on the cliff so again it's hopes in we know that's where she's going to end up it's hanging off the side of the, the cliffs on the ocean and she's like oh that's where the rich clients are and she's like this is too good to be true she wants to know why the previous nurse left and her boss says he doesn't know they had trouble due to the patient's reputation. And we find out that Lenora Hope is the patient. And she thought Lenora Hope was a childhood myth. And so, again, we get the rhyme that Keely read that was on the blurb. So, at 17, Lenora Hope hung her sister with a rope. 
<laughs> I bet hope. <laughs> With the rope. And supposedly, it's like a Bloody Mary. Like, if you turn off the lights and said the rhyme, she would appear. And the true story is that she essentially snapped one night and killed both of her parents. And now Lenora is 71, meaning um, this is kind of where we figure out it's 1929 is when it happened. And this story takes place. I can't do that. 83, I think. Yeah. I think it's like. Mm. If she was 17. I can't do math that fast, guys, but it's in the 80s. <laughs> yeah. Keely's working on the math. Um, oh, it's 1983. Next line. If I just read my notes. Um, the next line I put was, it was 54 years ago, so it's 1983 now. <laughs> so Lenora's aide, oh, Lenora says it, you know, has always claimed it wasn't her, but she was the only one left. So she's the only one left to tell the tale. Who did it if it wasn't her? And Kit is like, you're only giving me this job because you can't fire me because she was found not guilty of whatever she has been accused of. And so the company couldn't fire her, but they don't want her around. So essentially she feels like they're sending me to this crappy job, hoping I'll just leave. And that's what he tells her. He's like, you can refuse this job, but if you do, then you're not going to work here anymore. So she has no choice. She also tells us like her father is not talking to her since the article came out about her accusation and and her boss tells her that because she was found not guilty, that she should be able to relate to Lenora. So Lenora was accused of murders that she didn't do. And I'm guessing that Kit was accused of a murder that she was found to be not guilty of. But we will find out very soon. So back at her house, Kit is packing and she basically just sneaks off. She never tells her dad bye. She doesn't tell him where he's where she's going like essentially he does not talk to her they just coexist in the same house so she doesn't have any reason to talk to him she tells us that her mom is dead and her father has started dating again and we meet kenny (laughs) so kenny is younger kit is like in her 40s and kenny's like probably like 21 (laughs) and he's the neighbor and essentially while she was suspended they started hooking up because she was bored and she needed something to take her mind off of things so we meet him as she's leaving and he still lives with his parents uh he's only 20 not 21 and oh no kid's only 31 i don't know i thought she was in her 40s she's 31 and he's 20 and he asked her like do you want a quickie before you go (laughs) and she's like no she actually kind of feels bad about it And she does run into her dad before she leaves and says, I'm going back to work. But she says he doesn't care or show any interest. So she just leaves and she is pretty hurt by it. So we go back to Lenora and she's typing. So she's telling us that she had told the investigator she was asleep during the murder. She woke up to find everyone dead. She couldn't tell them what happened or why she was the one that was spared. All of the servants at Hope's Inn that night had had the night off. So they weren't there. And Lenora was never actually charged because there was just no evidence that she committed the crimes. And after that, Lenora stopped really coming out of her house at all because, like, kids would dare each other to sneak over the wall and try to get a peek at her or, like, pick with her. We go back to Kit, and she's driving to Hope's Inn to go to her new job assignment with Lenora, and she sees graffiti that says, like, Rotten Hell, Lenora Hope. It's pretty <laughs> sad. I mean, like, if she didn't do it, I don't know. So, and that's kind of the whole thing. Like, it's like, did she do it? I don't, if she didn't do it, like, you feel bad. But if right. she did do it, like, I don't know. So she comes to the gate. She like pushes the intercom because, of course, this is like an estate. Like it has a a gate and everything. And she's like a woman rudely answers and tells her to come up to the house and open the gate. But the gate gets stuck. And so, of course, there's like some hot guard guy, like groundskeeper. (laughs) And we'll learn that his name is Carter. And he shows up. He helps her get into the gate. 
and she like he, she's like he's attractive but i don't really have time for that right now and he tells her like the the gate sticks all the time like it's like the 10th time it's happened and he keeps forgetting to fix it and he asks her if she's the nurse and she says i'm not a nurse i'm a caregiver she's very like distinctive on that and he tells her like he's the garden gardener the handyman the the groundskeeper <laughs> he does all those things and she asks him if he likes it and he says do you mean am, am i scared and she says yes he says no and tells her his name is Carter. And he says, Mrs. Hope is, com- or Ms. Hope, she's not married. Ms. Hope is completely harmless. And so she heads on inside and we meet Mrs. Baker. And it just says the housekeeper, but she's not like the maid housekeeper. She just yeah. manages the state. Yeah, yeah. So different, different form of housekeeper. Kit tells us the house is grand. It's gothic, but it's frozen in time. It needs repairs. She says there's portraits on the wall of the whole family, but only Lenora's is uncovered and that the other ones have like this like black <laughs> sheeting over it because Lenora is the only one left. <laughs> and uh, this is where we learned that the mansion is called Hope's Inn. So she goes in to talk to Mrs. Baker and there's like a girl that comes in wearing a maid uniform. So they make everyone that works there wear like their appropriate uniform. So the maid is literally wearing like a maid costume. Mm-hmm. But the girl has on, like, bright makeup, neon hair, um, like, bangles. Her name's Jessica. She'll be referred to as Jessie. Very punk feeling to me. Yeah, like, fun. <clears throat> does not fit in at all here. <laughs> at all. And Mrs. Baker, like, is like, girl, go on. Like, go clean something else. <laughs> so she asks Kit, like, where she's from. And she says, like, what's her name? And we find out Kit's real name is Kittredge. It's very, like, posh. <laughs> yeah. Um, Kit McDeer is already, that's it. McDeer is right. Is that it? Yeah. Yeah, that's already like, it's it doesn't flow very well, but <laughs> Kittredge is like a whole other thing. And she says that was her maternal grandmother's name. And Mrs. Baker asks where her family's from, and she explains, like, my dad's a handyman, my mom was a librarian, they're from the town. And Mrs. Baker asks about her experience, and she's nervous because she doesn't know, like, what her boss has told Mrs. Baker, so she doesn't want to come out and, like, bring up her past and why she was suspended so she starts like just saying like oh i've worked here for 12 years and she goes over all her skills and mrs baker says that miss hope had polio in her 20s and couldn't walk much since then and then she had these strokes so now she can't speak her entire right side of her body is useless and she basically can only use her left hand barely and that's how she types is like one finger at a time and then she like taps like twice once for no twice for yes and that's, that's all she can do to communicate. So Kit asks why the, the previous nurse left. And Mrs. Baker says, like, Mary was very good. That was the previous nurse. And that Miss Hope actually adored her. And no one knows why she left. And she just left in the middle of the night with no notice. Mrs. Baker says something terrible could have happened, which Kit should know considering what happened to Kit's last patient. And she's like, oh, crap. So mm-hmm. Mrs. Baker knows. And we still haven't gotten to, like, the story of that. So Kit says that she can explain... She says that she had a patient who had late stage stomach cancer with really bad pain. And essentially the patient was taking opioids, fentanyl for her pain and Kit keeps them locked up. But this one night she did not lock the pills up. And the next morning she woke up and the patient had overdosed on like taken all of the pills except for like one in the bottle and the patient overdosed. So that is why Kit was suspended. That's why she was investigated to see if she was negligent. Is she like, killed this was an assisted suicide like we don't know but they had to do an investigation because she i mean she was negligent i guess but yeah and kit accepts like responsibility for it she says that it was negligent she says she's responsible and mrs baker says but people still blame you even though you didn't actually kill your patient 
and she asks if the if Kit helped the patient take the pills, and Kit is like really offended by this. She's like adamant that she had nothing to do with the death of the patient. Mrs. Baker says that at Hope's End they like to give young girls accused of terrible deeds the benefit of the doubt. And Kit asks if Mrs. Hope is responsible for her parents' and sister's death. Which Mrs. Baker doesn't really answer, and they just finish the tour. So this is where we meet all of the other staff. So the girl that came in the maid uniform is Jessica or Jessie. She cleans. Carter was who we met out at the gate. He is the groundskeeper. Mrs. Baker manages the house. And then there's a cook. His name is Archie or Archibald. And he's him and Mrs. Baker are, like, very old. They're basically the same age as Lenora Hope. And then Jessie and Carter are younger, like, younger Mm -hmm. than Kit. Mrs. Baker tells her, like, she's the one who makes all the decisions because Miss Hope can't. And she was actually hired in 1928, so before the murders. And she was there to tutor uh, Mrs. Hope and her sister. And then she, like, left for a little bit. She went to Paris. She had a fiancé, but he died. And so then she decided to come back to Hope's Inn. And she says they call her Mrs. Baker because whoever, like, runs the house is called Mrs. It doesn't matter if they're married or not. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) And we find out that there are 36 rooms in this house. But Kit's only allowed to go in three of them. Her room, Miss Hope's room, and the kitchen. Like, what? <laughs> You're going to tell me I can't go in rooms in this right. house. Like, that's, I, I don't want to stay somewhere where I can't go in the rooms. And they ask, she asks Mrs. Baker, like, okay, well, Lenora's room is on the second floor. And she asks, so what do you do if she needs to go to the doctor? Because this is, again, a whole old house. Like, there's no elevator. There's no ramp. There's nothing. And she's like, Mrs. Hope doesn't leave. Or I keep calling her Mrs. You're just gonna, I'm just going to call her that. Whatever. And they're like, Lenora doesn't leave the house. If she needs a doctor or whatever she needs, they come to the house and see her. Mrs. Baker says Miss Hope was born in this house, and so she's going to die here. That was her wish. And they go upstairs, and that's when we first get the mentioning of, like, the house being tilted. And, like, Kit's almost, like, sick. Like, she has to grab the wall. She's like, whoa. <laughs> like, it is it's significantly tilted. And Mrs. Baker requests that she changes into her uniform. So, again, the maid has her maid uniform. Kit has to wear, like, old school nurse. Like, all white, probably with the little hat. <laughs> I'm just saying, that's a red flag for me I'm right like, there. I'm not cosplaying. That's <laughs> my job. Like, I want to wear... And I live here, like, I want to wear leggings. Right. <laughs> I'm assuming, and Archie wears, like, a chef. Yeah. Like, I guess Carter's probably the only one that doesn't have, like, a uniform, because I don't know what he would wear, but. And <laughs> I wrote Nurse Ratchet. If you watch Nurse Ratchet on Netflix, uh, that's that's all I could think of. And Mrs. Baker's like, well, we wear the uniform so Miss Hope doesn't get confused. Okay. I don't think that she'll be confused by who's giving her medicine and who's cleaning the windows, but whatever. <laughs> they go to Miss Hope's room and Kit realizes that her room is the exact same as the picture on the wall. So the the painting that's on the wall of Lenora was done in her room and her room is the exact same way. It like is pink and like striped or whatever. I don't know. It, it's Pepto Bismol and it hasn't changed. <laughs> So we actually switch back over to Lenora's POV in her writing. And she says that it actually started the day, everything kind of started the day that those portraits were done, which were eight months before the murder, which was on her birthday. And basically her dad commissioned these paintings to be done every on each one of their birthdays, even though that's not what she wanted. She likes the guy who does the paintings. His name is Peter, but her sister also likes him. And you can tell her and her sister do not get along. The sister's younger her name is Virginia mm-hmm. and they do not, they have, they don't have any kind of sisterly bond. 
And she's sitting for the painting and she's just thinking about how she hates it. She actually gets up in the middle and just like walks off. She tells us how her mom and dad are basically estranged, even though they're still married. The mom never comes out of her room and she like has these episodes and the dad, I don't know if she says it here, but the dad cheats on the mom with all of the staff. And it, it comes back a lot in the book. We find out that um, we go back to Kit's POV and we find out that her and Lenora have adjoining rooms. <laughs> like, okay, it's bad enough I have to be here all the time, but then I have to, like, share a room with you, essentially. <laughs> That's weird. Kit did bring the lockbox, you know, from the whole dead patient thing. So she, like, is bringing it. She plans on using it because Lenora does have medicine that she has to lock up. And she goes to Miss Hope's room and she kind of gets like Lenore's routine. She tells, or Miss Baker tells her about the medicine that she needs to do. And she realizes like there is nothing fun. Like there's no TV. Lenore's not allowed to go outside. Like, can you imagine just being like, this is my worst nightmare. I just <laughs> let me die. I, I tell, like if I have a stroke and I can't move and I'm like, just let me go. I don't want to live laying yep. in a house in a in a nursing home. I don't want to do that for the rest of my life. And she's been like this kind of since her twenties because she had polio. So for like. 50 years, 53 years. That's crazy. This is where Mrs. Baker tells her, like, Lenora taps, yes and no. And Kit kind of, like, grabs Lenora's hand. She starts kind of doing an assessment, but then she also gets scared at the same time and drops her hand and lets go of her. And this is where Kit sees the typewriter and kind of learns, okay, she can communicate with the typewriter. Apparently the last nurse, I believe, is Mary, is the one who got the typewriter mm-hmm. for her. So Lenora is actually in her chair, and so she's at the typewriter, and she types, hello, Kit. And Kit is just thinking to herself, like, is Lenora the same as she was when she was 17? Nothing's really changed. And so then Lenora types, don't be scared. I can't hurt you, which is not calming because it, right. it's not like you said, I'm not going to hurt you. I don't want to hurt you. She said, I, I can't. <laughs> and that's essentially what sets Kit off. So the rest of this evening, Kit is like barely trying to touch her. Like she has to do, Lenore can't do anything. Like she has to bathe her. She has to like take her to the bathroom or change like her adult diapers. And she has to do, like, range of motion activities where he's, like, you basically, like, bend their knees and their arms and stuff. And Kit is hating because she does not want to touch this lady. (laughs) (laughs) And this is where Kit tells us she was born in 1952. So we kind of get, like, that's when we get her age. She feels trapped like Lenora because she also has never left home. She's never traveled. She's never seen the world. And when she's kind of, like, going through all these activities that evening, Lenora, she can tell Lenora's frustrated, and Kit admits that she's afraid because she doesn't know what happened. Like, she doesn't know if she can trust Lenora, basically. And she washes Lenora's hair, and she relates to how she washed her mom's hair when her mom died of cancer. And she tells Lenora that they're actually a lot alike because they both haven't left in years, and they they both have, like, a similar, they both like to read. So we find out, and I put, is her mom the patient? We find out that <laughs> Kit's mom is the patient. So even though she told Mrs. Baker that she had a patient that died, the patient was actually Kit's mom. So her mom, again, is the one who has stomach cancer. And early on, Kit asked for the strong pain medicine for her mom because her mom was just in severe pain. Sorry, but yep, she was a patient. <laughs> <laughs> and like her mom literally got this medication and in two weeks she died. So it was like yeah. a very quick turnaround and Kit was taking care of her like through her work. So she wasn't mm-hmm. just doing like her daughter duties. She was actually working and taking care of her. And so that's why the dad really doesn't speak to her. 
she tells us how she was like forced to go down to the police station and question which she didn't think they would do because the detective is like a family friend Mm -hmm. and he kind of just really switched on her and she tells us how no one believes it was an accident because it was her mom and it you know it just seems like we can understand why people wouldn't want to see their parents suffering and that's a hard situation to be in and she says she wasn't charged because they couldn't prove it and she starts basically to like telling Lenora this whole story and Lenora goes back to her POV and she's basically thinking back to her birthday and how her mom didn't come down to her birthday dinner because again her mom has like these episodes and she tells us how her dad doesn't deal with her mom at all and he's basically kind of focused on the maid right now and her mom gives her a cute little snow globe from Paris as her birthday gift and so we go back to present time and Kit is using that snow globe to kind of test Lenora and see how strong her hand is Jessie comes in at the end of the evening again she's the one who's the maid and is like introducing herself to Kit and she's like do you want to take the murder tour (laughs) and Kit's like no I don't want to take the murder tour but also yes I do want to take the murder tour because she wants to like know where not to go so the first place they go is to the bottom of the grand stairs and there are freaking bloodstains like nobody cleaned that up no one like y'all couldn't get rid of the carpet Right. <laughs> so, like, depending on where you stand, like, she, she thought that it was, like, a shadow from the windows earlier. No, it's the stains of dead people. You would think that would stink, too. Like, Yeah, and we learned it was the mom, and her name was Evangeline, um, who died on the stairs. So we have all the blood stains from where the mom supposedly was, like, stabbed in the foyer and tried to escape up the stairs. And Kit asked Jesse, like, why did the mom try to go upstairs and not? leave and nobody nobody knows of course because Lenora was the only one left and then the next place they go is down to the billiard room and that is where the dad Winston Hope was killed and then she tells us that he supposedly like had his throat slit and he was slumped over the pool table so that table's gone now so they didn't keep that with the blood stains <laughs> and that he was also stabbed in his side on this little tour, Kit also notices there's some vases and asks why they didn't sell those off because mm-hmm. Jesse is basically like they've been selling stuff off to have money and Jesse's like, those are urns. <laughs> <laughs> Kit asks Jesse if she thinks Lenora did it and Jesse says no, she actually thinks the dad, Winston, did it. She says that October 29th, 1929 was Black Tuesday and the, star- the stock market had crashed so a whole bunch of rich people lost all of their money and then that started the Great Depression. So obviously the dad was rich and that would, you know, we know how that kind of works. Big, big rich people, they kill themselves and their whole family um, when things don't go their way. <laughs> so I can see it. Also, we learned at some point in the book that there wasn't a lot of media on this death because of the like, Great Depression start, uh, like starting. So people outside of like this little town don't know so much about what happened mm-hmm. at the Hope at Hope's End because of the Great Depression. So Kit asks why would the dad let Lenora live and who would have stabbed him in the side and why wouldn't Lenora tell the police? And we also learned that they never found the knife, which we go back to the very beginning where Lenora is talking and she says she threw a knife in the ocean. So was that the same knife? We don't know. Lenora wasn't arrested because, again, there was never enough evidence. And Jesse says that maybe Lenora lied to cover up for Peter, who was the artist who did the paintings, um, and maybe he did it. The last room they go to is the ballroom, and that is where Virginia, the younger sister, supposedly died. And Jesse says Virginia died hanging from the, ch- the chandelier, which Kit says, like, one of the chandeliers is, like, tilted, like you like like somebody was hanging from it. Like, you didn't even fix it? <laughs> Come on! <laughs> 
So they kind of speculate back and forth, like, did Winston do it? And Jesse's like, oh, Virginia still haunts this place. Like, Mary was scared, which Mary, again, was the nurse. And why? <laughs> this girl goes and gets a Ouija board. That I'm not, I don't play with those on a regular everyday nope. basis. I'm definitely not doing it in there. Like, nope. No. So, <laughs> of course... They, she gets the Ouija board. She's like, let's try to contact Virginia. And she asked the, like, they asked the board, is there a presence? And the board moves, yes. And they asked the spirit to identify themselves. And the, it's called a planchette. It spells out Virginia. So Kit is like, no, Jesse's moving it. But then she like, Jesse's barely touching it. So she's like, I don't know. And as it's spelling out Virginia, they just ask like, are you Virginia? And it says, yes. And then one of them asks, is her sister the murderer and it moves to no and then the planchette like flies off the board across the room and jesse just starts staring behind kit and again they're in the ballroom so there's all these mirrors and stuff <laughs> and so she's staring like she sees something and then kit turns around and jesse just starts laughing and was like oh it was just a joke mary didn't think that this was a haunted place and kit's like annoyed and she's like why <laughs> would mary leave and jesse says she actually doesn't know she just up and left and we find out that mary and jesse actually were pretty close and so she was kind of hurt about her leaving and Jesse is worried about her leaving like that. But she says that Mary's parents live a County over. So maybe there was a family emergency, but Kit's not buying it. And Jesse's like, well, I'm going to go to bed and Kit goes to the kitchen to call her dad. He answers, but she hears like talking in the background. And again, she thinks he's dating since the mom died. So she just hangs up because she's just pissed at him and she wants him to like feel what she feels. So she doesn't say anything. She just hangs up. I don't know how he would know it's her. But whatever. It's late at night. Who else will be calling? I don't know. Lenora also has like a call button in her room. So that night, Kit finds, or when she goes back upstairs, actually, after all of that, she finds Lenora on the call, call button because she can tell like she had a nightmare. So she takes Lenora to the typewriter and Lenora types and says that this time she says she won't hurt her. I don't know. <laughs> Too late. <laughs> she said that first. And she asks, Kit, does she know the song that the kids sing about her? And Kit asks if it's true. And Lenora says that she can find out and she wants to tell her everything that she's never told anyone because she trusts her. Kit says she'll think about it uh, because she, I mean, she wants to know, but also she doesn't want to know because what if she says, like, I killed my whole family? Because <laughs> then where, where do we go from here? So Kit goes to her room for the night and she wants to read a book and she realizes that all these books are Mary's. And then she goes to unpack and all of Mary's clothes are still there. And I'm like, oh, she, I'm like, maybe she didn't leave. And I was, at this point, I was speculating. I'm like, it's Mrs. Baker. <laughs> Same. I was like, it's Mrs. Baker. So now kids just trying to figure out why did Mary leave in such a hurry and what made her leave? We go to Lenora's POV and it's, we're still on her birthday. And Lenora literally walks in on her dad having sex with one of the servants. She doesn't know who it is because their their backs turn and they're in the billiard room. So she runs off and the dad chases after her and tells her not to cry about it. And he's like, do you love your mom? And she's like, yes. And she and he's like, well, then you won't tell her if you love her because this will ruin her. Manipulating, gaslighting, sick, toxic. <laughs> <laughs> and her father calls her a good girl. Blech. <laughs> <laughs> but, but. Lenora tells us she's actually, she's not a good girl. And we'll soon learn why not. Yep. So Kit is struggling to sleep because the water is splashing. The house is tilted like you're falling into the ocean. And all she can hear is this creaking. And she feels like she hears like walking or footsteps or something. But 
she's not really sure. So the next morning she goes down and the first person she sees is Archie the cook. And she tells us again, like he's been there since the murders happened. And she can tell that he doesn't want anything to do with Lenora, it seems. And I'm like, it's only been one day. I feel like it had been so long at this point. She right? only been there one night. Mrs. Baker is surprised because Kit tells her, like, all of Mary's stuff is still in the room. Like, did nobody go in there and look? That's weird. That's that's weird to me. So she asks, is Mary coming back? And Mrs. Baker says that she won't be welcome because she just up and left. So Kit's kind of glad because she does need her job. <laughs> she is broke. So we find out Mary's actually been gone for a week and they don't think she's coming back, but just to keep her stuff just in case she does. So she asks about the footsteps and no one knows what she's talking about. Nobody cares. They're like, oh, it's the wind. It's the waves. And she's like, I know what footsteps sound like, but okay. (laughs) She wants to know why Lenora finally wants to tell her story and why does she want to tell it to her? And so she goes back to Lenora's room and she notices that the paper that Lenora was typing on last night has moved. But Lenora says no one's been in her room. Lenora types and starts talking about how she got rid of the knife and how she was covered in blood and she got a rope, which ended up being the rope that her sister was hung with. And Lenora says that she is both good and evil. And she thinks, Kit thinks Lenora's just typing a confession and picked her because she thinks Kit is guilty too. So she thinks Lenora knows, well, no, she told Lenora the whole backstory. So she thinks that she can relate basically. That next night, Kit, hears like a clatter outside and she finds a shingle out on like a terrace and it's like a floor down so she goes down there and while she's like trying to see what's going on she looks up at the windows and she sees a shadow in Lenora's room she also finds this like weird hooked metal piece that'll come back later and while she's out there she trips and she like loses her balance and she feels like she's gonna topple over into the ocean I'm like, how close to the cliff is this house? Like, I don't, I would never go out there. And while she's out there, Carter comes out and he, th- he mistakes her for Mary. And then he's, he asks her to come into his cottage. So he doesn't live in the house with them. He has like his own separate living space. And he tells her a little bit of his backstory. He used to be a bartender and he's been at this job for a year. He thought Mary was happy. So he doesn't know why she would have left. And, but he says he wasn't as close to her as Jesse was. And of course, Kit asks like, well, who do you think the killer was? And he tells us about Ricardo. He says that Ricardo was a groundskeeper at the time of the murders and his wife, Bernice, was a kitchen maid. But that night, everyone again had the night off. So Bernice was actually in town, but Ricardo's, Ricardo stayed on the ground. So even though they said all the servants were had the night off and were gone, Ricardo was there. The police didn't question him, though, because no one has ever seen him since the time of this murder. Like, he disappeared, and no one's ever found him. The wife had no idea what happened to him, and no one knows what a motive would have been, but it makes sense that he could have done it. But Kit doesn't think it was him because Lenora's never even mentioned this man. So she goes up to Lenora, and she asks about Ricardo. And Lenora tells her that starts telling her more of her history. So we find out that Lenora and Archie actually used to be kind of best friends. And she tells us that one night she was out on the terrace thinking about jumping in. Actually, I think it was her birthday night. She was out there thinking about jumping into the ocean. And Ricardo came and says if she died, there would be nothing there to look at at Hope's Inn. So, uh uh-oh, we got the daughter. We've got the worker. We got, like, some Titanic love story going (laughs) on here. (laughs) So... Kit asks if Lenora knows what happened to Ricardo, and she says no. She asks if he did the murders, and all Lenora will say is that she has to tell the story in order, and she can't tell her who did it just yet. 
So Lenora spends like two hours typing and Kit just feels like a presence in her room. It's just, it's creepy there. And Lenora basically tells us in a little bit of her POV that eight months before the murder, so this again was her birthday, that she fell in love with Ricardo. We have got to stop doing this. I'm like, what is that? (laughs) So that night after they've typed, Kit goes to bed and she wakes up again hearing creaking, but this time she also sees a shadow like move under the door connecting to Lenora's room, but she bursts in there and there's nothing, there's no one there. But what she does realize is that the page that was in the typewriter is gone again. And this time she asks Lenora, was there somebody in your room? And Lenora says it was Virginia. And that's all she says. So then, so Kit is trying to get out of there. She goes and she calls her boss. She's like, can I please have a new assignment? <laughs> and again, he says no, because again, he wants her to quit. So either you're going to work here where nobody wants to work or you're going to leave. And she is like, she can't quit. She has, she doesn't have any money. She doesn't want to go back to live with her dad. So she like is trying to come up with a plan. So she goes out on the terrace and she's like looking over into the water and she looks down and she freaking sees a body. Oh my God. And she knows it's Mary. So the detective is back, the same one that interviewed her when her mom died. So they have bad blood off the bat. And she's being interviewed because she was the one that found her body, found Mary. And the detective tells her that they did find a suicide note in the pocket of Mary's uniform. And it just said, I'm not, I'm sorry, I'm not who you thought I was. Mm -hmm. That's what I believe it says. I have it in my notes somewhere in here. (laughs) The detective asks if Kit likes it there, and she says yes. So he goes, well, then why did you call your boss and ask for a new assignment? (laughs) (laughs) And Kit's annoyed because she's like, okay, you already, like, know all this information. So, like, you've already talked to my boss. She feels like she's being set up. He asks why she lied, and Kit says, I need this job. And thanks to him, this is my only option. She tells him that he needs to go talk to Lenora. So Detective Vic goes upstairs and notices the tilt of the house. And he is like, whoa. And he says, it wasn't like this the last time I was here. The last time you were here. And he tells us that he worked there in 1929 also for one summer. So he knows Lenora. And I'm like, okay, it's him. (laughs) (laughs) So Kit tells us, um, tells Lenora basically what happened to Mary. And she can tell that Lenora is pretty upset. And she's like, Lenora can type. So she's like, talk to her. Lenora can type. And Lenora's like, type what? (laughs) Lenora acts like she can't type. She sits there and makes Kit look like a complete idiot. And the detective asks Kit, or asks Lenora, is Kit lying about you being able to type? And Lenora taps twice for yes. Girl, (laughs) you've been up here typing novels. And the paper from the morning when she was typing again is gone. So Kit like can't even like show, which I don't know why that would prove because I mean, you could have typed that, but she has no evidence. So of course the detective doesn't believe her. And he basically is like, you're trying to find a reason to like, basically like help your own guilt. And he leaves. So she goes back to Lenora, like, girl, what, what, what was that? Like, what's wrong with you? And Lenora types that Mary was acting weird, nervous before all this happened. So Kit asks if Mary was hearing all these strange noises that she's hearing. And Lenora says yes. And she never found out what they were and that Mary was scared. And we go back to Lenora's POV. Essentially, there's a POV like at the end of every chapter. So Lenora is basically recounting to us how her and Ricky Ricardo started their romance. And like one weekend, they had already slept together. (laughs) She's 17. I don't think we ever learned how old he is. But he's married Mm -hmm. to somebody that works there. 
And she tells us that her sister Virginia could tell that something was like different about her, but she didn't know all the details. And her sister assumes that it's Archie that she's like hooking up with. Either way, it would have been shameful because all of these are the like, they can't mess with the workers or whatever. She says her sister is still set on Peter, the photographer. And she's basically like her sister never wants to leave Hope and she loves it there. And she says, and she never did. Dun, dun, dun. So, so Kit, we go back to Kit and she goes up to Jesse's room on the third floor. And like, it's even worse up there. I don't know how these people are sleeping in this house. Cause Kit tells us like every morning her sheets are like slanted off. Like they're like falling out of the bed. I don't, I don't know I don't, how yeah. anybody is. Kind of like room. a, one of those. Like a fun house. Yeah. Like, ugh. Oh, it makes me sick. Like the 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 spaceship thing, I can't do that. <laughs> it makes me sick. I cannot be in this house. So she goes to Jesse's room and Jesse's crying because again they were really close and she's looking through pictures of Mary that she took while she was working there and she says Mary did not kill herself because that's what everybody thinks that Mary jumped off of the terrace. She had a suicide note. She killed herself. Jesse says that she told the detective Mary was fine, even though that wasn't entirely true. Jesse thinks that she might have fell over. So Kit asks if Mary ever saw or heard strange things, and Jesse says no. Jesse says they used to joke about seeing Virginia, but then Mary all of a sudden stopped joking, and it's almost like she was just like, don't, like, don't joke about that. That's not funny anymore. She said Mary started spending a lot, a lot of time with Lenora, like, even more than she's required to, and that her and Lenora were always typing late at night, and she wasn't supposed to know it, but I guess one night Jesse like snuck up on them and took a picture, which she shows Kit of them typing. So like now she has evidence that she could type. And Mary freaked out and was like, you can never show anyone that Lenora knows how to type. So Kit asked Lenora why she lied about Mary being scared of Virginia. And again, or no, and this time when she goes in there, the paper is back. So the paper was missing from the typewriter and now all of a sudden it's back. Lenora says or types that she actually told Mary the full story and the night that Mary left or disappeared was the night that she like had told her everything. Kit asks if she thinks Mary jumped and Lenora says no. And she thinks if what happened to Mary happened because Lenora told her the whole story and Lenora says yes. Lenora tells Kit that Mary hid the pages that they typed together too and she would hide them in mary's room which is now kit's room so kit goes into her room and she's looking around she can't find any of the pages but she notices there's a spot on the floor that's like dust free and it's about the size of a suitcase so she assumes like it must have been in there and now that suitcase is gone so she calls the detective and she's like mary was pushed she tells him about the suitcase she tells him um again like lenora does know how to type and he's like or she tells him about the picture of them typing and he still doesn't believe her but he believes that she believes it. And he asks, where is the suitcase? And Kit says that she thinks she thinks Mary had it with her because of that little piece of metal that she found on the terrace. She basically said it looks like one of the like pieces that attached the handle to the suitcase. He tells her that Mary's time of death was around 2 a.m. So why would she be walking around with a suitcase at 2 a.m. at night? And he says that he knows that the time of death because it was low tide and that's the only reason that Mary's body was there because if it would have been high tide, she would have floated out to the ocean. So he knows that it was low tide so they know what time she died. He asks, does she still have that metal piece? And she says, no, she dropped it because again, she almost toppled over the terrace as well. And he basically is like, oh yeah, like you're full of it. He doesn't have time for that. And he says that she's using this situation to ease her own guilt about what happened with her mom. And Kit says her mom's death was an accident. 
The detective tells her that Mary's injuries all show a suicide. There's no defensive wounds. There's no indication of a suitcase or any kind of struggle. And this, this is where I wrote down what the suicide note said. And it says, I'm sorry, I'm not the person you thought I was. And I'm like, did Lenora type that? Because Mary don't be typing. Lenora does all the typing. So I don't know. So at this point, Kit thinks that Ricardo is the one that did it. She thinks Lenora is actually covering for him and she's ready to confess. So she hangs up and she's suspecting that one of the staff pushed Mary. So we think Ricardo did the murders in 1929, but now somebody that's in the house now is continuing the trend. She hears footsteps again. And mind you, she's using the phone and there's only one phone in this house. So she's downstairs in the kitchen having this conversation. (laughs) So she turns around and finds Carter in in the room behind her. And he's drunk. He says he was out on the terrace and he did hear her conversation. But don't be nervous because he knew what Mary was doing. He thinks it's his fault that she died. And he's like, I want to tell you and show you something, but I can't do it here. And she's like, I'm not going nowhere with you. (laughs) Somebody is a murderer around here. And he, so she doesn't want to go with them, but eventually she does. And they go out to his cottage. He starts drinking coffee to sober up, sober up. And he tells her he lied about why he's working there. And I'm like, is Ricardo his family? I'm trying to put two and two together. (laughs) He tells us that he had a customer named Tony at the bar he used to work at. And this, this Tony basically like forced him to work here. It was like, you have to work here. Tony said that he was out in the garage and he was searching the rooms up there because there used to be staff that lived above the garage. And he found a photograph of Lenora from 1929, September 1929. And Lenora is pregnant. She looks to be about five or six months pregnant. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, Carter's related to them. (laughs) So we go to Lenora's POV and she says the pregnancy was an accident. Uh, She's writing to and. At this point, we realize that this is not what Lenora is writing to Kit. These are what Lenora has written to Mary. Mm -hmm. She says she was afraid to tell Ricky at first, but he actually was very happy. And she actually went the first five months without being noticed because everyone just thought she was getting fat. (laughs) (laughs) And for the first time in her life, she was happy. Ricky's obviously worried about money because he's a servant. He doesn't have any money. And she tells him, like, I'll inherit money when I turn 18. We find out, like... The mom and the dad, again, don't get along. The mom comes from a rich family and they have her grandparents left money to the kids because they didn't trust the dad either. So the dad can't touch their money. But when they turn 18, they'll get their inheritance. But that pisses Ricky off because he's like, like, I don't need your money. He's like, all you rich people are kind of the same, you know, Nepo babies and all that. Go back to current POV. Carter is basically he tells us he's there to find out if Lenora is his grandmother. He says that on Christmas morning in 1929, there was a baby left at a church, which could be his father. Or no, he says that his father was left at a church and it all coincides with about the time that, you know, how far along Lenore would have been in that picture and that all the math adds up. He thinks that Ricardo killed the family because they didn't approve or because they demanded that he marry Lenora, but he was already married. So he thinks that that was his motive. Carter says he doesn't see any resemblance in himself in Lenora, but that doesn't mean anything. And he says that he actually went to a lab two weeks ago to do like a blood analysis with Lenora and Mary was supposed to get a sample, but that was the night that Mary went missing. So we don't have any like blood to test and see if they're related. Kit remembers when she started working, she did see a bruise on Lenora's arm, which would have been where she could have got that blood drawn from. And she thinks that Mary did get the sample, but she doesn't mention that to Carter. Carter says people would kill him to keep from finding out that he's related because he might inherit, you know, this rundown house. I mean, what is, what is there? I don't to know inherit? what we're fighting over, but okay, go off. 
So Kit asks, who is going to get it now? And they don't know, but they assume it's Archie or Mrs. Baker because why have they stayed here Mm -hmm. all of this time? And Mrs. Baker, again, she left and came back. So, like, why? So, obviously, there are suspects now. Carter says that the night that Mary died, he actually had left the gate open because it got stuck and he was planning on leaving in the morning to go to the lab anyway, so he just left it open. So technically anybody could have gotten in, but he says the only person who knew about his possible relationship was the guy, Tony, from the bar. And Tony only knew because he, again, used to work there. He was the groundskeeper and he basically like left the job to give it to Carter. Yeah. So while they have this conversation, there's a freaking earthquake and the yard, like, splits and chunks of like the earth are break. I'm not staying in this house. No. I'm not mm-hmm. staying I'm gone. in this house. I'm gone. So we find out like Kit's been like slacking on her job with Lenore's exercises because she wants her to type and tell her this story. Jesse sees her and Carter like having a little conversation. So she's like, what's going on there? And asks if they found out anything about Mary. And because of the earthquake, it did damage to the cottage. So Carter has to move into the third floor. And the next time she goes to talk to Lenora, she just asks her flat out about the baby. And Lenora just says the baby's gone. She types gone. Kit asks, did the baby die? And she also asks if Ricky was the father. But Lenora won't type and won't answer any more questions. And Kit is still considering, like, just leaving this job altogether. But she now she's, like, sucked in. She can't leave. So Lenora pretty much, like, goes quiet and doesn't talk at all. Archie comes up and brings dinner to them because they haven't come down. And he brings Lenora a chocolate milkshake. And he says she used to love that when she was younger. And Kit's trying to figure out, like, are you a friend? Are you a foe? And she asks if he was friends with Virginia the same way he is with Lenora. And he says no. And we find out that Jesse like, records books. She reads them and, like, narrates them on a tape for Lenora to listen to. Which so, is so sweet. It <laughs> is! So... The kid's like, okay, I don't want Lenora listening. So she puts the, like, cassette tape on and tries to go talk to Archie. And she asks him if Lenora had a baby. And he seems really shocked and says he doesn't know. He says she must have misunderstood something and says Lenora was never pregnant. She asks about Ricardo. And then Archie says Lenora never mentioned him, even though he knows who he is. And he tells her, don't spend too much time typing with Miss Hope and don't dig up the past. We switch to Lenora's POV. And she tells Archie about the pregnancy. So... Boy, you lying. Right. He's worried and asks if she is sure she wants to do this with Ricky. She says, she tells us that Archie was actually a runaway and that's how he got the job in the kitchen. And Archie says he wished he would have known that how you felt about Ricky because he would have stopped it. Archie was the one who actually took the picture of her, um, the pregnant picture of her that was found. And he tells her about a doctor because obviously Lenore doesn't trust anybody in her like dad circle to see her so he he basically archie knows a doctor that does abortions because the dad is sleeping with all the house staff and some of them end up pregnant and lenora tells archie like if things were different she would have chose him and he tells her like the longer this goes on the worse it's going to end and archie tells her if ricky or anyone else makes her unhappy then he won't hesitate to kill them Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> so we go back to present time Carter can't sleep obviously because he's on the third floor like I'm sleeping downstairs I don't know <laughs> I don't know he asks Kit if she can't or if she has learned anything and she tells him about Archie and says she doesn't trust him because he obviously lied about the pregnancy and she goes back to find that Lenora's Walkman is turned off for no reason it didn't die like the tape doesn't need to be flipped over the batteries are still good so and she's like Lenora can't turn it off like what would happen She's convinced, though, that Lenora turned it off. And I was like, oh, God, here we go. (laughs) So this is giving Verity. (laughs) Yes. Yes. 
Yes, very much so. Very much so. And she, so Kit's like, okay, why would Lenora fake this? Like, who is just going to pee on themselves? Who was going to let somebody bathe them and wipe their butt? <laughs> Verity, that's who. <laughs> and again, it's nighttime and she's hearing footsteps in Lenora's room. So she goes in there and she's like, Lenora's asleep. And she hears footsteps again, and she goes out in the hallway, and Mrs. Baker is in the hallway with the shoddy. She's got a shotgun walking down the halls. She says that there's people outside loitering, and Kit looks, and there's, like, five shadows moving outside. Mrs. Baker goes out with the gun and threatens them. And we find out they're not reporters. They're kids. And they shout, like, killer, and they call Lenora a killer bitch. And that sets Kit off because, again, she has all this guilt about her mom. And it just triggers her. So she goes out there and, like, snatches one of them up. And it's freaking Kitty, Kenny. the neighbor that she was <laughs> sleeping with. And she says, what are you doing here? And, Kit's, and Kenny says, you know, we were drinking. Like, it was just fun. We wanted to come. Because people say, um, people t- are talking about Mary being dead. So, obviously, it's sparking rumors again. And Kit wants to know, like, okay, well, what are the rumors? He says, people are saying Lenore killed her. And he says, stop overthinking and letting facts get in the way. Because... Kit's like, you know, Lenore's innocent. She couldn't hurt a fly. And he's like, I know what it looks like. He's like, stop letting all these facts get in the way to cloud your judgment. He also says that he knows what everyone says about her, basically with her mom, but he knows that she was a good person. So he never cared about any of that stuff, which really touches her. She needs somebody to care Mm -hmm. about her, even if it's Kenny. (laughs) (laughs) He tells her to trust her gut. Just because Lenora looks like she can't do much, don't trust it. And he kisses her, and she's like, no, like, this isn't going to happen. And he leaves, and he, like, hops over the fence. So she's like, or the gate, fence, whatever it is, wall. And she's like, okay, that doesn't even keep anybody out. So it doesn't matter if the gate was closed or open. But she also is like, okay, maybe Lenora is a suspect. Kit tries to stay up and, like, catch whatever these noises are so she keeps the door propped open with a book between their rooms but eventually she falls asleep and she has a nightmare so she has nightmares about her mom all the time and she wakes up and the door is closed so she runs into Lenora's room and Lenora's like awake frozen in terror and there's a type page in the typewriter and it just says multiple times it's all your fault I am leaving immediately Mm -hmm. I am. Leaving. I would have. I would have been gone long yeah, ago. I never would take this job. I'm, I don't do living jobs. First of all, but I, hard pass. So kids pissed, and she makes everybody wake up and come to Lenore's room, and she's like, "Which one of you did this?" Mrs. Baker asked, "Who Lenore said did it?" And when she asked Lenora, Lenora says Virginia did it. Mrs. Baker is shocked and says, "That is not possible." Mrs. Baker asked how Lenora was able to say it was Virginia. So she's basically like, well, you had to ask her if it was Virginia, which means you asked her if it was all of us. And she said, no. Kit says, someone's been sneaking in her room at night. And Mrs. Baker says, well, why didn't you tell me? And Kit says, I did. I told you I heard footsteps and shadows. So everyone leaves. And Mrs. Baker like is like, well, immediately tell me like if anything else happened. So everyone leaves and Jesse... <laughs> Jesse, like when they were kind of doing this little conversation, Jesse was like, it seems like you want attention. <laughs> but then when everyone leaves, she was like, I don't really think that you that you want attention. So Kit pulls her into her room and asks Jesse, like, did you type this? And Jesse's like, no, why? She says, because of the like Ouija board p- prank, like maybe you're pranking me. And she asks Jesse, did Mary think that Lenora could ever recover? And she just tells Jesse, like, I think she's faking. Jesse says that she's worried about Kit because she's starting to act like Mary. 
So this part really pissed me off. So Kit goes in here and she's like, okay, I know she's faking. So she goes in there and tests oh, Lenora. Oh my gosh. And so she basically is like trying to force her muscles. And so she like drops a piece of like a book or something on Lenora's left hand to see if she'll, or maybe her right hand, maybe it's her bad hand, one of her hands to see if she'll like reflex, like grab it. Cause like, you know, we just have reflexes. And it goes so far as like, she's like, okay, I could like use pain, but obviously <laughs> girl, you already been in trouble with the law once. I don't recommend. So she takes Lenora's snow globe that her p- parents, her mom got her from Paris on her birthday and she uses it and drops it on Lenora's hand. Obviously Lenora doesn't catch it and it rolls off the bed and like shatters and breaks. We go to Lenora's POV and Lenora and Virginia overhear their parents arguing. And it's because the dad, Winston, wants the money that Lenora and her sister are supposed to get for on their 18th birthday. And the dad tells the mom, you don't care if I lose everything. And the mom says, well, I've already lost everything. And the dad says, oh, you, I know why, you know, you marry me. And we find out that Lenora actually isn't the dad's child. So apparently the mom was pregnant and kind of like forced into this marriage with the dad. So this was a loveless marriage from the beginning. So Lenora obviously is distraught, like runs off and is crying. And their sister's like, la-da-da, like, do you think the money, like, she's like, whatever. And Lenora's like, did you not just hear what happened? And she's like, oh, I mean, I thought you knew that. Like, everybody knows that you're not his. I don't know. I don't like Virginia. Lenora's thinking like her and her sister really don't look alike and a lot of people have thought that they were just like cousins anyways and her sister tells her well you're not the only slut in the family and she should be relieved (laughs) (laughs) and Lenora gets pregnant so she realizes like she thinks her sister knows that she's pregnant and she's like I have to tell before my sister does so she goes to her mom's room and asks like is it true am I not his and the mom says yes the mom takes some kind of medicine that like it's basically like an opioid and she asked the mom, like, did you ever love dad? And she's like, no. And she says, your dad paid this man that I did love to leave. And then she had no choice but to marry him. And then the mom, like, goes quiet. And we realize that the mom overdosed. So. Back in present time, Lenora will not respond to Kit. She's pissed about the snow globe. Rightfully so. Uh, as I would be as yeah, well. Like, that. like, not only were you torturing me, but you broke, like, my prized possession. Very sentimental. So Kit's, like, begging and, like, I'm so sorry. She was like, I'll do anything. And she's like, will you forgive me? And Lenora taps no. She tells Lenora, I'll do anything. And Lenora says, I want to go outside and you have to do it without Mrs. Baker knowing. Which, again, Lenora's on the second floor. There's no elevator. She's in a wheelchair. <laughs> Kit's like, I can't, like, I'm going to get fired. Lenora says, if you do it, I'll tell you about the baby. And she's, Kit says, no, you're going to have to tell me everything if I do that. So Mrs. Baker comes in and is like, there's a man here to see you. But she doesn't say who. And we find out that it's Kit's dad. So he's down at the gate. He didn't come up to the house. And he's like, I'm here to take you home. He's like, Kenny told, told him that she was there. And he doesn't want her there because everyone will assume that Kit's guilty. You know, birds of a feather, flock and all that. And she asked her dad what he believed. And he says that the mom's death was an accident, but she can tell that he's lying. Like he doesn't really believe that her mom died accidentally. He asked about Mary and asked if Kit thinks it was a murder. And she says, yes. And he's like, that's even more reason for you to come home. Obviously somebody's out here killing people. And she just leaves him at the gate. Like she's not <laughs> having it. So she decides to sneak um, Lenora out while everyone goes to Mary's funeral. So she literally like puts her in a wheelchair, wheels her down the stairs and they go out and like lay in the grass and they take a little nap. (laughs) (laughs) And she asks Lenora about the baby. And Lenora says that the baby was taken. 
and Lenora is like refusing to tell her everything, even though they made a deal. So Kit goes back inside. She goes upstairs, grabs a typewriter and paper, and she leaves Lenora like laying out there. And when she comes down, Lenora is up in her wheelchair. So I'm like, what the? <laughs> but it's because everybody's home <laughs> and she is busted. We go to Lenora's POV and we find out that Lenora saved her mom from dying because she happened to be in the room when that happened. And she's telling us how she's hungry all the time, but her dad's putting her on a diet because, again, everybody thinks she's just getting fat. And she's like, I need someone to get me clothes. My clothes don't fit. I need extra meals. She still hasn't found a doctor. And I'm like, where is Ricky? Like, why is he right. not doing this? So she reaches, she decides that the one person that she can trust is whoever the mistress is, whoever her dad's sleeping with. So she goes and her dad's having a little session and Mrs. Baker comes out. And I was like, it is Mrs. Baker. She did it. (laughs) (laughs) So (laughs) present time, Mrs. Baker takes a typewriter, throws it into the ocean. She is like had enough of that. Kit tells Carter, like Lenore confirmed that the baby was taken and Kit is like basically waiting to be fired because Mrs. Baker throws the typewriter into the ocean and just leaves, but she never comes back. So Kit goes to her lockbox because that is where she's been hiding the pages that they were typing. And she realizes that all the pages were gone, which because Kit didn't like lock the keys up or anything. She just had the like keys laying out. And I'm like, well, duh, yeah. what's the point of the lockbox? So she goes downstairs. Mrs. Baker's like in the dining room. There's a fire going. She's drinking some wine and she's like, what did you do with them? And she just points at the fire. <laughs> They're burnt. Mrs. Baker says she's not firing her. And she can leave if she wants, but she's not firing her. But she does want to know whose idea it was to go outside. And Kit says it was Lenora's. And Mrs. Baker says, I assume so. Mrs. Baker says she doesn't let her go out because she'll only encounter hatred and judgment. And that Kit should understand that. Kit asks, how long has Mrs. Baker known the truth? And she says that the boss had told her everything before she came. So busted again. She hired her because she thought that she would be able to get along with Mrs. Hope, which she is. And Mrs. Baker says that Lenora can be very charming when it suits her, but that Kit means nothing to her and that she's done this for years and she's manipulative. And she thinks that's why Mary did what she did. She asks Mrs. Baker why she stays and she says devotion. (laughs) And Kit's like, "Uh uh-uh, that's not enough. So Mrs. Baker tells her that her and Lenora made a deal and basically if she can keep this place standing, that she'll inherit everything when Lenora dies. Back to Lenora's POV, she asks, why mrs baker is sleeping with her father and does she love him and mrs baker's like no duh (laughs) basically he gives her money and you know she does her part and mrs baker's like don't judge me i'm looking out for my future so she asks, uh mrs baker asks who is the dad of her her pregnancy which she doesn't tell her and mrs baker asks why should she help her and she says if she doesn't she'll go to ricky's wife which is bernice and tell her and apparently bernice is a nasty gossip so well she'll tell she'll go to bernice and tell her about mrs baker sleeping with the dad yeah because she first she was like i'll tell my mom and mrs baker's like your mom knows (laughs) so she's like i'll tell bernice and she'll tell like the whole town and you'll never get a job again so mrs baker agrees and she's like i made a deal with the devil so present time kit goes into mrs baker's room because she's downstairs and she's like she's the killer i know it so she starts looking around but mrs baker comes in so she hides in the armoire and mrs baker's like dancing she's drunk (laughs) but then she like must notice that something's off so she like starts coming to the armoire and she almost catches her but there's another freaking earthquake and so kit like is thrown and mrs baker leaves so she doesn't catch kit kit goes to lenora's room and she finds archie like creepy in the corner (laughs) (laughs) 
He says he was saying goodnight to Lenora, which is weird because at first it seemed like he didn't like her, but he says he does it every night. Oh, and Kit basically asks, like, why? Because it seems like you don't like her. And he says, our relationship isn't what it used to be. And it's not that he doesn't care about her and that he's on their side. She asked why she's never seen him. And he said it's been her, his and Lenora's secret. And she asks if anybody else comes in and he says no. And she asks what else isn't he telling her? She thinks he knows about Virginia's ghost. He tells her there's a lot that she doesn't know and that she's better off not knowing. And he says Virginia is not haunting the hair, but her presence is still felt. And then outside they go and investigate. And like now there's like a fault line. Like this place is falling off into the ocean. And they're just like, la-da-da, going to bed. <laughs> I would not sleep here. I would not sleep here. Mrs. Baker asked Carter, like, can he fix the damage from the earthquake? He's like, no. He's like, Hope's Inn is, go- is going to fall into the ocean. And Mrs. Baker's like, well, I can't let that happen. Like, obviously, her whole thing is that she's going to inherit this place. So Kit tells Carter that she was, when she was in Mrs. Baker's room before it happened, she found a bunch of clear checks to this nursing home called Ocean View. And she assumes someone's staying there and they're paying for it. And Carter says it's Bernice, Ricardo's wife. They go and they find Jesse and she's packing. She's like, this house is going to fall into the ocean. And she wants, she wants to make sure they get Lenora out before it all happens. And I don't blame her. I'd have been leaving with Jesse too. Kit tries to think of how she can get Lenora to communicate now that the typewriter's gone. And she goes and gets the damn Ouija board from Jesse. Like, <laughs> no, you're summoning spirits. So she asks Lenora, how well did she know Bernice? And Lenora says a little and says that she was nasty. Lenora knows that Mrs. Baker has been the one paying and she like counts up like the checks she found. And basically since 1929, Bernice has been paid $600,000. Dang. Lenora says Bernice knows about that night and that Bernice was there during the murders. So we go to Lenora's POV and she's basically telling us that by October, she couldn't hide her pregnancy anymore. So she started to be like her mom and pretend that she was having episodes and stay in bed all the time, which is what Mrs. Baker suggested. But she sneaks down to the kitchen one night and she runs into Bernice who calls her a whore, says she's a whore like her whole family. And Bernice wants $50,000 to keep the secret. And Lenora runs out to meet Ricky and Ricky's like, we have to leave that night. So this is the night of the murders. Kit sneaks into Ocean View in present day, pretending to work for an insurance company. And she goes to talk to Bernice. And Bernice is like, well, how's Lenora doing? And Kit's like, oh, she's fine. And Bernice is pissed. And then Kit's like, well, I mean, she's had like several strokes. And Bernice Bernice is like, is she suffering? (laughs) I mean, she did mess with her husband. I don't know. (laughs) So Bernice says, I know Ricardo wasn't perfect, but he wasn't a mean man. He was handsome. And basically, Lenora trapped him like with her rich, beautiful whatevers. Bernice says that she pretended to leave that night and go to the movies, but she didn't because she knew that Ricky was doing something and she followed him in the house. And when she went inside, she didn't find Ricky. She actually ran into Lenora who was covered in blood and Lenora grabbed a knife and like pointed at her and told her to get out. So she said she never told the police this because she wanted to protect Ricardo. She said that him, she thinks that him and Lenora did the murders and that's why he disappeared. She actually thinks that Lenora killed him and shoved him off the terrace. She says Archie was the one who had to fire everyone after the murders happened. And she could tell he didn't want to do it, but he had to. And he was the one that gave her like hush money. And basically when he came to her to give her hush money, she was like, oh no, you're going to have to pay me like for the rest of my life. Right. Um, You know, I can't hate it. I'm not mad at it. (laughs) Kit says that, well, your money's going to stop because either she's going to go to the the police or Bernice will. And as soon as she says that, detective, the detective shows up. 
because the nurse like called the insurance company and was like, yeah, no, there's no insurance company. And the detective grabs her and makes her leave. He tells her that Virginia actually lived for six months after they thought she died. So again, Virginia supposedly is hung herself. She's the younger sister. And so she didn't die that night. She actually lived for six more months. He says that Ricardo was a suspect, but they basically couldn't find him. So they couldn't do anything with that. And that they had already interviewed Bernice. Kent realizes that if Bernice saw Lenora grabbing a knife, that there had to be one more than one knife. Because if she was already covered in blood and she was just grabbing a knife, then there had to be at least another knife. The detective says they interviewed Lenora for weeks, but her story never changed. Lenora basically said that she didn't know who was in the house or she didn't see anyone. So Kit goes home or back to Hope's Inn and she goes and looks at the picture on the wall of Lenora and she realizes that Lenora's eyes in the painting are blue. But the Lenora that she's been taking care of every day has green eyes. So she goes to the urns and she checks the urn for the mom, checks the urn for the dad, and then she checks the urn for Virginia and it's empty. <laughs> so we go to Lenore's point of view. So the plan was that Ricky was going to get one of her, her dad's cars and they were going to run away. She hoped that they were going to get married before the baby was born. So she's packing and Virginia comes in and asks if she's running away with Ricky. And this is where we find out that Virginia actually didn't know that she was pregnant. She did know about Ricky, but she didn't know the details. So like, Lenora shows her, like, her stomach, and <laughs> Virginia's like, what the heck? So she says she's going to tell father, and Lenora's like, please, like, don't. Just let us leave. Like, you don't even like me. Let me leave. And Virginia's like, no, you're going to ruin our family reputation. And Virginia says it's time for one of their old games. So in the very beginning of the book, they tell us that their dad used to lock them in their rooms, and whoever could, like, be quiet the longest would get out. And it was always Virginia. And Lenora would literally have to sit in her room for, like, hours or days or whatever mm -hmm. because their, their door is locked from the outside with specific keys. So Virginia pulls out the key to Lenora's room, and she laughs, locks her in there, and, like, runs off to the father. And Lenora starts, like, beating on the wall, the door to get out, and her water breaks current time kit goes to find mrs baker in the kitchen and she asks is everything okay and kit says yes lenora virginia is fine ah! so <laughs> mrs baker is like i have no idea what you're talking about kit pulls out mary's suicide note and says virginia is the one who wrote it and told mary who she really was she says virginia never lied every time she would ask like who's in your room quote unquote lenora would say virginia but that's because she's Virginia. Mm -hmm. And she always, um, she says, you knew it when you shoved Mary off the terrace. Mrs. Baker confessed and we find out that she's actually Lenora. And she says, I can only tell what I know. She said, I went downstairs and I found my mother dead and I ran through the house screaming. I went to the billiard room and I saw my dad dead there. She went to the kitchen and I think she called the police. And then she found Virginia hanging in the ballroom. And she said that she thought she was dead, so she didn't take her down. And the police came and interrogated her, and they found that Virginia was actually alive. But they took her up to the room instead of a hospital because they thought she was going to die anyways. Oh, my God. 1929 Police <laughs> Department. Like, absolutely not. And they called the family doctor, who sucks, and he said that Virginia was brain dead and that she would die quickly. But she wasn't, and she didn't. She lived for six more months. And she also says that, or Kit asked, so... She never had polio or strokes. She's been like that since 1929. Like, basically from being hung. She's, That's our... She was younger, so yeah. she was like 16 or yeah. something. I don't know. 
she asks Lenora, why did you lie? And she says, because I was responsible for this estate. I was responsible for Virginia. Basically, like, I didn't know what to do. Lenora says she was in love with Peter. And so then I'm like, oh, my God, it was Virginia that was pregnant. So Lenora was never pregnant. It was Virginia. So I'm like, this uh, This is what I'm like. This whole side story is actually Virginia. It's which, not... which makes sense as to why Archie was like, Lenora was never pregnant. Yeah. So <laughs> he didn't lie. And Lenora said that basically after the murders, all of their friends cut them off. So she just wanted to pretend to be somebody else. She said after six months, she had Virginia declared dead. So she didn't die, which we know. And so she had her declared dead. Basically, like she gave the doctor like one of her dad's cars or something. And gave his wife one too. And she inherited her money and her sister's money. And she took on Mrs. Baker's persona. So Mrs. Baker was actually a real person. <laughs> um, and she became Mrs. Baker. We go back to Virginia's point of view, actually. And she tells us how Lenora started telling her that, like, your name is Lenora now. She says Lenora left for years. And Archie was the one that stayed and took care of her. And that the real Mrs. Baker had actually left right before the murders. Virginia says Lenora only came in once and apologized and said that she just needed a life and she had to do it. And Virginia basically said her goal is to make sure that she doesn't die before Lenora does. So she's like determined to live. Current time, Lenora tells Kit, like, basically she came back before the war and uh, she couldn't afford to leave again because she had to pay for Hope's Inn and to pay off Bernice. Kit says like Lenora got a life that she wanted, but that was so unfair to Virginia. And Lenora says, Virginia is the one who hung herself because there was a chair under the chandelier. Well, Kit asks like, so why didn't the police think that? And so Lenora's like, oh, I moved the chair. She wanted them to think that somebody else had done it. I'm like, that's, that's sick. Kit asks, wasn't Virginia pregnant? And Lenora says, no, not at the time. Lenora says, I was protecting her. The reason she tried to commit suicide is because she did the murder. So Lenora thinks that Virginia did it. It's a big whodunit, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> Lenora says she's not surprised considering how her and her father and the real Mrs. Baker treated her and like they took the baby. So we go back to Virginia's point of view. She did deliver her baby in her room on her floor after her water broke. And Lenora had to get a knife from the kitchen, which is probably why Bernice saw her, I'm assuming, like covering yeah. blood. And her father comes in and basically tells Lenora, like, take that baby. And Lenora's like, can she just hold it? And, and when the dad tells Lenora, like, Virginia never had a baby and that baby is not a hope. If Lenora doesn't take him out of, like, that room, he says he'll throw the baby off the terrace and disown both of them. He is heartless. Mrs. Ba Baker is like, no, you can't do that. The real, real Mrs. Baker. Yeah. And tries to talk him out of it. Because, again, that's his mistress right now. And he's like, and she tells him, like, Virginia's your only legitimate heir. Like, why would you want to get rid of the baby? Because, again, Lenora's not his. That was true. He says he can't take another scandal. And Mrs. Baker tells Virginia he won't take the baby, but then she never sees Mrs. Baker or the baby ever again. Current time, Lenora says that she wanted to help, but she didn't want him to kill her, the baby or disown her. So she was like, you know, I wasn't really his kid. I didn't want to, like, lose all my inheritance. She says that, the dad actually never came for the baby. So what happened was the Mrs. Baker actually ended up taking the baby and left with him. And the plan was for Mrs. Baker to take custody until he and Virginia could be reunited and that Mrs. Baker and the baby went to Canada. So Carter is not related to them. Kit asks why she's so certain that Virginia did the murders. And she asks about Ricardo. Archie comes in and says Ricardo was with him that night. 
Ricardo and Archie were lovers. So Ricardo's bi, I guess, because he actually was with Virginia also, but he also was with Archie. Archie lived above the garage. Well, and wasn't and he was uh, married to Bernice. Bernice. Yeah. So he had he had a lot <laughs> a lot going on at this little estate. <laughs> so Archie actually lived above the garage, which is where Bernice originally had saw saw Ricardo going when he, she thought he was like running off to uh, Lenora. And Bernice did think it was Lenora. Like she thinks it's Lenora this whole time. Bernice accused him of being with Lenora and Lenora doesn't even know Ricardo. (laughs) Like Mrs. Baker's like, I don't like she knew of him, but she never even knew who he was. Ricardo wanted to run away with Archie to California. Archie didn't want to leave because, you know, they had accepted him there and he just didn't want to leave again. He was already homeless once. So he says Ricardo left and he never heard from him again. Lenora tells Kit she saw Virginia leave her room that night after the baby was gone and she had a knife. And we go back to Virginia's point of view and she heard her dad and Ricky arguing in the billiard room. And she confirms that Ricky is the dad. So again, Ricky was messing with her. He was messing with Archie and he had a wife. (laughs) There's a lot of moving pieces here. So present time, Kit goes up to Virginia and Lenora says that she went to find her mom after she saw Virginia with the knife and no one had told their mom about the baby. Lenora doesn't think that Virginia planned to kill the mom. She thinks like her mom just kind of intervened or something and, you know, was a casualty. And Lenora and Archie say that she's safe here and that's why they don't let her go outside. And they, that's why they always refer to her as Miss Hope because either way, she was still Miss Hope. They're in Virginia's room and Kit tells her that she knows who you are. And she tells, she tells Virginia like, I don't want an admission. She says, I'm leaving. She leaves her stuff there. She's planning on having Carter bring it to her. And she's like, I'm finally done. And she's, she's out. She's done with these people. She calls her dad and asks like, can she come home because everyone's been lying to her there. And she tells him like, there's something about mom that she wants to tell her, tell him, but she doesn't want to tell him until she gets there. And she's like thinking to herself, like she remembers how her mom really begged her not to lock up the medicine that night. So she didn't forget the medicine. She purposely left the medicine out, but it's because her mom asked and her mom said like, I'll only take one, which then why didn't you just leave one? (laughs) But yeah. So she goes to leave in her car and the gate is getting stuck again. So Carter comes out and is like, why are you leaving? And she grabs the gate and it stabs her hand and she's like, get in the car. I have to go. So she tells Carter that he's not related and she tells him who Lenora really is. And he goes with her. He says, so Archie or Lenora killed Mary, but Kit doesn't think so because why didn't they kill her? And they were just so honest with like answering all the questions. Like it doesn't make any sense. She remembers that Carter had told her that the gate was open the night that Mary died. And Carter thought that it had been left open for deliveries of groceries. But Archie said that those always come on Tuesdays. And the night that this happened was a Monday night. So she's like, that doesn't add up. So she realizes it was for another reason. She assumes Mary actually did get the blood sample because she saw the bruise. And she thinks Mary took the blood because someone had to have left Sunday night and left the gate open so that they could get back in. She stops the car and she's like, it was Carter. I, I wasn't with her at this point. I, I didn't agree with this. Um, and she realizes that Mary was probably coming back with the results. And Carter knew Virginia wasn't his grandmother. And so he basically like, I guess killed her because I don't know where that would go. This is why I was like, Kit, you're losing it. <laughs> so she kicks Carter out of the car. And he's like, I didn't do it. I didn't do it. But she leaves him stranded. So she gets home and she goes in the house looking for her dad. And she 
sees a suitcase on the bed. No dad. He's not in the house. A suitcase with a broken handle. And we look inside, and it's Mary's. And it has a test tube and a bunch of type pages, and she starts reading. So all of these POVs we're getting is her really reading these pages. As she's reading them, she tells us what her dad's name is. Her dad's name is Patrick McDeer. Her dad is Ricky, is Ricardo. So we go to Virginia's POV and she goes in the room where her dad and Ricky were arguing and basically her dad agreed to leave um, or no, her dad offered him $50,000 to leave as long as he never speaks to her about her son or her again. And the mom comes in and she says, Virginia, like it's not worth ruining your life over. And she goes to the dad and she's like, huh, well you only paid $25,000 to get my lover to leave. So <laughs> Uh, like like dang like it's it's more now and the mom leaps up and stabs the dad in the side which they said in the rhyme that the dad was stabbed and she tells ricky to take virginia and get out of the room so they leave and virginia shook and then the mom comes out and is coming up the stairs and we can tell that she's bleeding and so we basically put two and two together that she must have stabbed herself and the mom asked Ricky, like, just finish me off. And he's like, no, like, I'm not going to do that. But she basically starts talking about how he's worthless. He doesn't have any money. And we know that he, like, already was mad before about rich people. And he he does it. Yep. He, he slaughters her on the stairs. And that is when Virginia decided that she was going to hang herself. She just watched her mom kill her dad and then watched her boyfriend, baby daddy, kill her mom. So present time, Kit reads these pages and she's put this together that her dad is Ricky. And so she's headed back to Hope's Inn. She knows her dad couldn't bear to tell the truth and she can't believe like he's still murdering. So she's like, he killed Mary because how would he have had got the suitcase? She gets back there and she finds Archie like outside and she says like her dad's here and he's Ricky and she doesn't give him like a ton of details, but she tells him just to like go get help or whatever. So she goes in the house, doesn't see her dad, but she goes to Virginia's room and she's like, my dad is coming. And she basically is like, my dad's Ricky. And she goes to like, she knows she's not going to make it out in time because she starts hearing her dad. So she picks up Virginia and hides her like in a corner and then goes back in her room and hides. Her dad comes in and he sees Virginia. He picks her up and puts her on the bed and he calls her Jenny. He's like, oh, he thought she was dead all this time. And he knew that Lenora was innocent and he tells her about his life how he got married and how he regrets what happened he says Mary came to the house asking for a blood test because she had got all the details and he tells Virginia that she shouldn't have told Mary his name so the dad starts choking Virginia and Kit comes in and like shoves him but he's a very strong 70 year old man (laughs) (laughs) so earlier that night Kit had take, taken a corkscrew from Mrs. Baker when she thought, or Mrs. Baker, from Lenora when she thought that she was the killer. And somehow it ends up with Virginia. So the dad is still like choking her and Virginia takes her good hand, the left hand, and she stabs the dad in the side. And Kit's like, basically that's what you deserve. So she pulls it out and... She basically starts telling her dad, like, how her mom took all the pills and how she didn't forget to lock them up, but she did leave them out. But, you know, she's still innocent. He tells her that's not true because he was the one that gave the mom the pills. 
He says she took them willingly and he didn't force them, but he didn't think that Kit would end up blamed for her mom's death. So like your dad sat here and watched you be suspended, mm-hmm. have no job, get interrogated by the police for six months and then didn't talk to you for six months. And he was the one that did it. Yeah. Lenora comes in with the shotgun that she had when she was pretending to be Miss Baker and she's pointing at Ricky and Lenora asked Kit if she knew that it was her dad and she like, no. So the dad and Lenora start like wrestling towards the stairs and then all of a sudden there's like another earthquake and Kit knows like this is it like the house is it's it's over with. So she yells like to get out to Lenora and she goes and get Virginia and her dad's like, no, like leave her. And she tells him I like he owes her. So they both pick up Virginia and they grab her and they basically carry her down the stairs and like the chimneys are collapsing. The stairs are swaying. Kit and the dad get Lenora or get Virginia outside and she goes to like grab Lenora and Lenora's like, no, I'm staying. She says, I can't leave. I won't leave. I've had my time away and now it's Virginia's turn and just take good care of her. I'm like, that's so sad. Lenora wasn't like great, but I didn't like, I don't know. It was a messed up situation. So she goes out and checks on her dad because again, he did get stabbed with the corkscrew and he pushes her away and he says like, you were a good girl. And he should have told her that more often. And he goes in the house to join Lenora and they just sit on the stairs and the house collapses and falls in the freaking ocean. How dramatic though. Like, Like (laughs) Oh my God. So yeah. Okay. So uh, we go ahead. I don't know how much time it's been. And Kit is still taking care of Virginia. They moved into her dad's house and Virginia's in Kit's old room and she took over the parents' room. We find out that Jessie has disappeared. They haven't seen her since she left before all this happened. Archie got a job like nearby and he still checks in. And she says, Carter hasn't forgiven her. He went back to bartending and she apologized, but he's pretty pissed. She did like accuse him of murder and leave him stranded. And this time the story gets out about Hope's End because, again, the first time it was the Great Depression, but this time, it, like, all this stuff, the collapsing of the house and everything brought everything back up. So it's it's been in the paper, and Virginia is exonerated. Like, they get all the details about, like, Lenora taking her identity, uh, Mrs. Baker's identity and all these things. And Kit thinks about, like, she does have a half-brother out there. I mean, Virginia's baby is her half-brother. Yeah. It, it's strange. So she says that her and Archie are actually searching, but they all they can find so far is that the real Miss, Mrs. Baker got married in 1930 and moved. So she goes to take a shower and she tells like Virginia, I'm going to take a shower. Virginia's grooving out to TV and music because she's like finally got television and stuff <laughs> like that. And she gets out of the shower and Virginia's gone. She's not in her wheelchair and she's gone. And she sees a type note because she got her an electric type writer and the note says at 69 virginia hope wrote her nurse a little note thank you dear for saving me i take my leave walking tall knowing that i fooled them all what and i just got like full body chills (laughs) so she also sends kit a letter not too long after this it says my dearest kit i hope you're not surprised to get this letter she tells her that i Kit, she knew that Kit always suspected her to be more capable than she was and that she was right. She can walk, she can talk, she can use her whole body. She says at first she pretended because she just had no desire to like live and she was just depressed and disappointed. Her baby was gone, her parents were dead, like she was laying in a bed and whatever. She said Archie kept encouraging her and so she basically finally started, like she forced her body to recover. 
She never let Archie know that her that she had fully recovered. And she said she didn't leave right away because she was afraid of the new world. She didn't tell Archie because she didn't want Lenore to find out. She wanted to punish her. So she basically <laughs> was making Lenore stuck at the house and make her take care of her. And she said she even considered killing her. Um, but instead she became a burden and trapped them all there. She said Mary was the first nurse who really paid attention to her. And she says how one day she was listening to her little Walkman that Jesse was making for her. And she realized that the book stopped and Jesse started talking. So Jesse was like, ah, chapter one, blah, 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 blah. Okay, nobody's listening now. <laughs> and Jesse was leaving messages. And Jesse says, like, she knows, she told her basically, I know you're not Lenora. I know you're Virginia. And she knows that she can move and talk. And we find out that Jesse's dad is Virginia's son. So Jesse's her granddaughter. Which I love that part I so know. much. So the dad's name, uh, Mrs. Baker named him Marcel. And we find out that the dad actually died like a year before in 1982. And that she always knew Mrs. Baker as her grandma. And after he died, basically, she Mrs. Baker told her everything. So Jesse applied to be the maid there. And that the noises at night were her and Virginia like whispering about escaping. Jesse left because Mrs. Baker actually passed away. So even though like the earthquake and everything happened, it's really because Mrs. Baker did pass away. And so Jesse had to go to Canada. And when Virginia disappeared that day from Kit's house, it's because Jesse showed up and just took her. She said Jesse had a passport for her and asked her where she want to go. And by the time they got to the airport, she was like, I want to go to Paris. And that's where she's writing this letter from now. She didn't tell her because she thought that she wouldn't let her leave or she would be mad. And also, Jesse is Kit's niece. Yeah. Uh, it's so, like, twisty-turny. So she sent in this letter two one-way tickets to Paris for Kit and Archie for a flight in February, which I have no idea what time of the year this was taking place. And we end kind of on um, Virginia's obituary yeah kind of so we find out that virginia lived to be 101 so she was 69 so she lived she got a, she got a good 30 years and she actually died in italy on the amalfi coast she wrote a best-selling memoir she would like go on talk shows and she visited all of the continents she was the oldest woman oldest person for like a long time that had ever visited antarctica and held a record and we learned that she married a man named robert and she also has a great-granddaughter by jesse and she also mentions Kit in her obituary. So we find out that Kit actually joined her and was her travel companion. Which I love so I much. I was all like warm. I wasn't <laughs> expecting that. No, especially after uh, reading. <laughs> especially after reading Final Girls. Yeah, because that did not end mm -hmm. warm and fuzzy. But I'll, yeah, so that's it. That's the end. <laughs> oh, it, uh, I don't know. So, uh, okay. All right. What did you rate this? Okay, <laughs> so I loved this. I love this book. Um, and I'm going to preface what I say, or uh, my rating with this. So we had read it a couple, couple months back and uh, did book club over this. And originally it was five stars. But I bumped it down just a little bit to 4.5 stars. Still loved it, but there were some things that kind of didn't make sense. So that's why we kind of bumped it down a little. But book club will always do that to you. Yeah. Then you start talking. Especially our book club. I know. Like we, we start high and then we're like, oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> I gave it a four. Um, yeah, I mean, like 
Again, there's lots of things going on. I saw people on Goodreads are like, there's too many twists. I struggle. Like, I never saw the dad coming. No. Because he wasn't like a random character. He had a purpose. Mm-hmm. So it's like, normally, like, that's a red flag. But it wasn't. And I, like, I never saw that. I never saw that coming. No, I did not either. And obviously, he's not bisexual anymore. I don't know. I, yeah. Oh, I didn't mention also, like, so... Kent realized too, like the dad was never dating when she was calling and or she thought she heard him talking to a woman. It was Mary, like Mary was at mm-hmm. the house when Kent was there. Um, but yeah, like I never saw the dad coming. No. Um, or the Jesse part, never saw that coming. I thought Neither she was did just I. quirky maid. Yep. Quirky character. Um, so yeah. Yeah. Okay. What's next? What do you want to do? Fan cast or Yeah. Okay. You wanna go first? Okay. Yeah, so I'll go first for the fan casts. Um, I only casted two characters because um, it's a lot. Oh, you know what? I, I'm going to throw in another one. So three characters. Um, so the first one for Kit, I said Mandy Moore. Um, I don't know why. I was just kind of in a uh, this is us kind of mood, I guess. So... Mandy Moore for Kit, and I cast Carter as Milo. Um, but then uh, maybe Jesse as, and I've, I think that I've cast somebody or this person as a character before, but maybe like Sabrina Carpenter. Okay. But. Yeah. So Kit was the only one I didn't do because I can't. Like, I'm like, okay, is Ricardo like a spit? I have no idea what, what Kit's supposed to look like. Uh, I have been trying to picture her the whole time. But I did, like, last minute get some other people. So for Lenora and Virginia, I picked, I don't care who does who, but I did um, Helen, Marin, and Kate Blanchett. Because I feel like they both, like, they're, like, older. They could mm-hmm. both, like, play that. And then for Jesse, I said Amelia Clark. Because she can be, like, okay. goofy. Yeah. And I feel, are like, punky and just, like, oh, like, I don't know. I feel like she could do that. And then for Carter, I did um, Logan. Logan. And I can't remember what he played in, but he's been in, like, a bunch mm-hmm. of stuff. Um, yeah, he was in Percy Jackson. Yeah, that's who it is. Okay. Yeah. All right. Questions. Yes. So, was there a particular scene that stuck out to you like favorite scene a scene that you didn't like as well um i like when she confronts lenora like mrs baker mm-hmm. i like that a lot um, um yeah i'm just gonna go with that honestly mine would probably be the part when kit gets out of the shower and she finds the note um oh, kind of like things like oh Okay. You just got up and walked around right <laughs> here. That would piss me off so bad. Yeah, yeah, I've yeah. been wiping your butt for months. And <laughs> and that's part of the reason why I had um bumped it down. So Cam, which oh. he's in the book club, um, he had mentioned, you know, it doesn't make sense that all this time, like Nobody knew. Yeah, and when her dad was choking her and she's just gonna lay gonna there lay, yeah, i thought the same thing i'm like you're gonna lay there and die like you're just gonna lay there like, right what's going on? right when she drops the snow globe like this most like precious item like about it like I, you're getting fed like, i cannot <laughs> like this and Verity, i cannot just lay there no there's no way i would go for 50 years you've been laying there 
You have laid there for 50 years. You haven't even gone outside. That's wild. Mm -mm. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm petty. I am very petty. I called a grudge. But not at my own expense. <laughs> right, right. She was committed. Yeah. For sure. She was dedicated. Um. So, do you wish that it had ended differently? Um... Like, it's weird to have this wrapped up, like, nice and mm -hmm. fuzzy. I kind of do wish it kind of left, like, on a, like, maybe she was just gone. And then, like, she just wrote that little, like, rhyme. And that was it. Yeah. Like, that would have just been creepy. Um, or, yeah. Something like that. Yeah. But, it's, I mean, I don't dislike the ending, but yeah. It was, it was, I was pleasantly surprised yeah. with the ending. Like, it could have very well ended with just the note, and it would have been a fine ending. Yeah. But... I the obituary was kind of, kind of cute. It was like, uh, yeah, that was it was <laughs> it was just really unsuspected. Like I just wasn't expecting that at all. Yeah, one of the common uh, negative points in the uh, reviews of this book is that there were too many plot twists. Yeah. Do you agree? Do you disagree? I mean, the only plot twists are okay. So, Lenora was Mrs. Baker, and then that, and then the jet and the dad. I don't know. I feel like that's a lot. I mean, it makes sense to me. Like, everybody had, like, Carter was a fake out. Mm-hmm. Um, Honestly, everybody was a fake out. Yeah, they really were. It was literally, like, a, it was a whodunit. Um, I don't I don't know. Like, I don't dislike that. I, I like twists and, yeah. you know, turn me. and not, you know, be and being surprised. Like, I like yeah. that. So... The whiplash doesn't bother me. I know, like, is it them? Is it, I spent this whole book like, okay, was it, it's them? It's them! It's them! I never, I never thought it was a dad. I never, never thought it was a dad. Yeah, yeah, and like you uh, mentioned, kind of it gives Verity vibes. Like, I would say, like, Verity meets, like, the skeleton key, just obviously oh, without, yeah. like, the... The voodoo part of yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love the skeleton key. <laughs> I do, too. It's such a good movie. It is. <laughs> Um, I think that's all I have. All right. Okay. So I don't know if we did. I'll have to listen to the last episode. I don't know what we said. But <laughs> our next book is The Long Game by... Elena Armas, I believe. Yes, Elena Armas. So out of spooky into love. <laughs> <laughs> um, And just remember to follow us on Facebook and Instagram and TikTok and if you have not liked the podcast and the episode, comment, leave us feedback, all of those things we appreciate. Yep. And I think that's it. Yeah. All right. I think so.